This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Good, fine, lovely. Yeah, we're back to the good, fine, and lovely. How did last week go? I know I didn't make it, so... I'm sure it was perfect. I vaguely remember you calling me, and... <laughs> I don't know if everybody can hear me or not. <laughs> oh, do we lose you? Last week? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I had it was on mute. Uh -huh. Yeah, last week. Uh, just, I know we haven't talked since, so I was just checking how it went. Pretty good, I'm sure. Oh, last week. <laughs> Ew. Uh, yeah, it was great. I was wondering if I was going to have... Your self with me today, and so I was preparing my mind for if you weren't going to be here, and that entailed oh going through a process of what I not I noticed today on the board it said what is the ego, and it was of course tuned in perfectly with what I was wanting to to focus on today and that was <laughs> letting go sort of the same themes that I've been focusing on for a while now and that is letting go of my thinking and knowing that the ego is a defense mechanism against the truth. Very simply put, it's a defense mechanism against the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and because of that, there's it, it occupies a lot of my time and space and mind. And that is the ego. Very simple. <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I think of it, I think of how it, it really depends on so many different layers of perspectives on what it ultimately is. And when you say it's a defense against the truth, to me that references one one aspect of pretty much of describing it 
which it could be described in such a various fashions uh, and and in a way has a different different attributes in each different perspective and hmm and that being of course one of the one of the biggest ones and most beautiful ways of understanding a defense against the truth and I remember hearing that for the first time throughout A Course in Miracles and somewhat being confused by how that is even possible and and trying to somewhat figure it out that it really is and the figuring out is one of the attributes of defending against that truth just as uh, doubt is and and everything and trying to figure it out is, and trying to think about it trying to understand it is now in a state of of almost not allowing truth to happen like not allowing simply the truth about yourself to be in experience instead it, it all of a sudden became now we need to intellectually understand something it's, it's almost as if, and the first thing that comes to mind is, how does a candle work? And as if we ask a question like, how does a candle work? And expect to understand how a candle works. Uh, and how fire works. Instead of just the use of the candle. And the use of what the flame does. And, and the purpose of the light that's shining from it. And maybe the heat. And whatever we're using it for. And it almost seems as if the ego in the same way is that it has a use while we are currently in an idea of, of pretty much separation and surviving in this body. It has a use, but in, in a world of light, a candle has no use whatsoever either. Uh, and so it's tiny little light that lights up this darkened room. Uh, is completely meaningless because you're in, you have a whole different perspective, and then all of a sudden the use of a candle, and and the need for a candle and what a candle is is a totally different idea now. That in order to experience a candle, I need to go into a room of darkness, in order to really comprehend what it is for. And that's something that crosses my mind when we try and understand the ego just in one little aspect of it. What do you think about that? <laughs> what was coming to mind for me was that the ego is a gift. And instead of trying to understand it, which I do, uh, all I need to do is to appreciate it and uh, give it gratitude and just to see it, well, I know this is cliche, but to see it another way is for me to really step aside and say, okay, this is a gift. What is it for? And then what when I listen to you talking about the candle and how 
you know, I try and understand it and uh, how does it work? And that, those are all things that are the animal mind where they, they, me, the animal mind as myself is I have to protect myself. And so I send my protector selves in front of my true self with my core self or the Holy Christ mind self. The Holy Christ mind self is is always present, never worried, doesn't need to know. It doesn't need to know. But the protector selves have been activated from an earlier age, earlier time, and they're like habitual. And so those protector cells want to know how does this candle work so it, it can make it last forever. <laughs> it, can, it can make the fire last forever. It doesn't want it to go away. It's like, oh, I've got this new gift. How do I protect it? How do I keep it? How do I keep it forever and never let it go? And so that's what I was wanting this morning is to work on setting those protector selves back or just having them be in the background, being resting and relaxing, possibly even playing. Oh my goodness, playing. And then letting the core self of the Christ mind come forward and let go of the, these ideas that are habitual. And saying, trying to keep the fire alive or trying to keep my bank account with some money in it so I don't run out or trying to... Um, You know, whatever it is, the, yeah. the ego mind. Um, and just really, I often think of how Jesus, what was going through his mind when he knew that, I mean, he had access just like God did to so many things because of his Christ-mindedness. And, and yet, not to act upon those, but to deliberately not act and just stay present within the Christ mind, knowing that everything is working out perfectly. Yeah. And speaking of those aspects, uh, different variations of understanding the ego, as I often reference to the dimensions, that there really is different layers and different ego-type ideas in each one. So to kind of comprehend this, uh, let's take that idea that you were just saying, that knowing that everything is working out perfectly is obviously closer to the Christ mind than it is to react in the habitual habits, <laughs> repetitive <laughs> patterns of you know, what we've been trained with throughout our lives and 
the way we've been designed to survive and the use of education throughout our lives to even speak in this moment, to even use words in this moment, to even understand these words, to even, even put it into some sort of concept as if we're actually talking about something. And, and this seems to make sense when we do want to come to understand what Christ is, that we are releasing the ideas that we think uh, the thought system that has been designed throughout our lives has built up. However, previous to, and however I'm really getting into a different, a different perspective of the ego now, getting into this <laughs> is that when we step back from the world and previous to any concept of what the ego is and pretty much any uh, commandments were made before any of that, before any laws were set up, before any establishment of really a good or a bad uh, way or even a the difference between, you know, being confident or being proud anything that seems to somehow make it into a negative thing at all there was this entity this essence in which is actually referred to as Christ that knows its power that knows God firsthand that knows exactly what to do in the world and knows exactly not just not just because it's a plan that's unfolding but that it knows it is deliberately creating the universe as it is the world as it is and all of a sudden it changes from this idea that the ego is somehow restricting truth to now allowing truth because once the ego mind thinks it understands what it is, it will do exactly not that to think it's achieving what it should be of this thing called Christ. But Christ needs do nothing different than what it is. And when you actually do go into silence long enough, when you go into retracting long enough when you go into all of these things in complete realization of the actuality of what Christ is you're completely unstoppable so many people think that the spirituality is within that retraction and the stage of retraction mm. and we think we need to meditate and we think we need to be silent and getting out of the dream instead of realizing and that's a noble stepping stone absolutely perfect necessary and required for when you do believe that you are a body and you do believe you are separate and you do believe you have an ego now you're in the practice of doing what is right to the path of remembering christ but you're still in this idea of right and wrong and what was going through this jesus's head uh, when he's going throughout life was that the reason he stood out to being such a being was not because he was silent and quiet was it was because when he spoke he shook the world and the world knew him and recognized him 
but he designed the world even as we have here. He have designed the world to have a deliberate reaction to the state of what we are in the actuality of Christ. So when Christ speaks, you hate him naturally because this opposition idea is in the state of having an experience, as you said, a, a gift, that the world is a gift of the healing of God's Son for the healings of God's Son, which references to the idea that there needs to be something that is established from, from what the Son of God knows of itself. So this losing itself into an idea of separation all of a sudden makes it sound and makes it seem as if it wasn't deliberate. But the Son of God has always done everything that it's been doing completely deliberately. And so what it is, is that when you are in this state of ego and it seems as if you are separate, you actually are in the experience of creating alternate realities, alternate selves. And this is the purpose of, of this awakening process is the remembering of Christ is to actually re be and create in this third dimensional, fourth dimensional perspective a whole nether Christ version of ourselves. So it, it, Right. Go the, ahead. The part that you're talking about is when I create, so that's what I did before. It took me this, however many lifetimes or time in my perspective of what my meaning is now, it, it, I needed those things to, those perspectives or those uh, yeah. uh, entities or my, my protector selves. And I needed those. And now it's time yes. to do is what you said, is just to allow the truth of me. And That's it's... Good. In the unknown, it's in the unknown. So I don't know that because I've spent up to now relying on those protector selves. And all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, there's another way. Yeah. There's this Christ mind that's within me. There is this power within me. So that's so, the, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but I do want to say yeah. something. I do want Go to ahead. interrupt. <laughs> uh, then that is another aspect of the ego is that it's been a survival uh tactic almost as if you know we created a robot and we need that robot to survive and it is solely the ideas of survival uh and and training of its of this body so a training of this body until it's ready to then be a body for christ and so it, it learns everything it's capable of and then it reaches its limits and now it starts retracting its own personal self. Now we're starting to get rid of the ego so that it can be a conduit for Christ, another a body for Christ, even as some would say that Jesus ultimately discovered himself. Really that means he eliminated his ego and became Christ in the body of what was once Jesus's body. And, and that is another idea 
also of the ego uh, and which is completely acceptable as well I don't know that you c I can get rid of it although I can give yeah. my power like they say the feed the wolf that you know the kind yeah. wolf or the wolf that I know has the real power and not the wolf of fear and so that's yeah. what it is and in order for me to do that is it, it requires present mindedness and just to be mindful and not let my uh, reactions like you were talking about before not let my reactions to the old self or the uh, protect ourselves, get activated so much that I forget my powerfulness. And that takes, it's like we built all this pride and, oh, I've had these accomplishments and that accomplishment and I have this thing and that degree and this picture I painted on the wall and is... Um, there's a quote in this book that I'm reading, Forgiving the Unforgivable, and it, it says, people see what they believe. Okay, so we projected out there what we think we're seeing. And over time, they become stuck in their beliefs about life. And I see that a lot. And I, and I bump up against it in my family. And then, yeah. or even in the world, you know, and then, uh, and I, that kind of leaks into another idea of the ego, which is my personal favorite, that the ego is quite literally the basis of all physical reality, that everything yes. we see yes. and the whole ability to describe an object and know what an object is is uh, in within the development of the, of some sort of aspect of the ego. Yes, I would say. Well, and that's why we can't totally undo it, is because we still, we actually, we need that. To we be need in that. the physical world and to experience physicality, yes, we do. And But with mm -hmm. this idea that the elimination of this this version of the ego, if it was, would be a wholly different uh, experience of what would be known as a spiritual universe. So it would have a different, it wouldn't have definitions of what it sees nor limitations in what it believes it can do. That it, knowing Christ, knowing what it is as Christ, would not have any limitations at all because it wouldn't know or comprehend what it is doing in the sense of objects and between forms so even we want to say like with limitations we I, I automatically think of flying and it wouldn't be so much flying because you wouldn't know the difference between your body and the ground or sky you wouldn't know the difference between you know if, if you have wings or if you don't have wings or if you and, and you don't have this idea of really what, what is occurring, and it's more like just movements of sound and light. Mm. I've experienced that in my sleeping dreams. 
even and so what you're saying is that there would be no need for dream or wings or dreams and and it would all be the same yeah i mean there wouldn't be any and that is the truth yeah there wouldn't be any need to not have wings either it's just you wouldn't really know if you have a body that has anything you you wouldn't be in the the realm that is believing it sees objects and so maybe there would be let's say a different person that sees this person like we see jesus and we think he's a body uh, and we think he's doing things outside of uh, the limits of the world but really he's seeing something completely different uh, in the sense of being completely free of all judgments so he doesn't even know that he, he has feet nevertheless he even knows that he's walking on water or sand uh, that he's right. just kind of existing and just moving through as as almost a note through a song instead of uh, the musician. So it's really true that, that that what you're talking about is the creation and I'm the one who's experiencing my own creation where the Christ mind is everything simultaneously. There is no time. There is only presence. And that presence is whatever the individual spark or the individual divine light is experiencing at that time. And it's all perfect because that's where we are on the rung of our uh, evolutionary path. Yeah, ultimately. So it, it's not like we need, and what we do here is we think because we project out then we want validation and so we seek to our brothers and sisters for instance you and me here talking about this we seek uh, joining in our experience so that we have validation and what you're saying is that we don't really need that validation and i'm here to join with you to create the reality where i don't have any doubt about who I am and what I am. Yeah. It is almost as if the ego is a state of the ability to communicate and it transforms when one is truly willing, like for a conversation, the ability to communicate uh, with words and then it transforms into the ability to commune where you actually are experiencing what the purpose of communication was for, of re recognizing that truly one united self that has no need for words, has no need for actual movements of any kind. Yes, it has no needs. The core self, the Christ mind has no needs because it's perfection and it's almost as a, a shedding of all that has come before and all that will come into just that beingness. <laughs> it reminds me of, I had a boyfriend a long time ago and, and his name was Felipe. He said to me, can't you just be Barb? Just, just be. 
And I finally understand what he was talking about. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm, I'm busy protecting or busy. Yeah, if, if you believe there is an objective somehow, uh, is so, I don't know if that's the right word now. Uh, if there is some point, like even my statement now, if, if I believe I know what I'm trying to say instead of just saying, if I believe I know why mm. I'm here instead of just going and being here or being wherever I am, uh, then I've, I've taken over. Like the ego mind is now in charge instead of uh, just speaking and not knowing. It's speaking for the one who sent me here instead of insisting that I need to have a plan of what to say that works with things I thought were inspiring before or, or anything. That the whole prayer in A Course in Miracles is regarding this being Christ mind is that you don't need to worry about what to say or what to do or where to go for he who sent me here whom is Christ will give me exactly what to do and what to say and all you have to do is be willing to just speak not think all you have to be willing to do is just do not not think about doing not questioning what you're doing, just doing. And, and it, this is the transformation period in, in which comes from this, where you thought about everything you were doing and analyzing what was best for you, perceiving your best interests and everything, to transforming into, you know, letting go of all that and trying to do, trying to do what Christ is to all of a sudden being, being Christ and not, worried about at all what you're doing what you're saying or anything it makes the world from where it seems as if you're in some importance there's someone's importance to the physical world to now there's no importance to the physical world at all and now your focus is entirely on what you thought wasn't important before in the essence of christ which many of us aren't even aware of even one percent of it and and that's the transformation in which I would, I would say, uh, as you, you were saying, there's not really an elimination of the ego, but a transfiguration. <laughs> that's what I would say. Mm, making it work for me and a tool to transform it or undo it and and i can't well, they all always talk about how you can't undo what i can't undo this i can't undo it with the same mind that i created it with and so then i can trust and have less self-doubt and create it with the Christ mind. And that's what's so perfect about what you're saying is, is it's in the unknown where that happens, where I, I don't know. 
And but the part of me, the Christ mind within me, does know and is willing <clears throat> to experience that. And but I do have to let go of all the things that I thought and all my beliefs and how spacious it is. It's almost a little disconcerting to have all that spaciousness when I'm so used to being enclosed and confined. And, but at the same time, that freedom feels so good. It just feels so good. Yeah. It is what we all crave. It is mm. the reason we do anything. We think that we're going to get back to it. We think that we're going to achieve it again. And we think we understand what it is to be able to recognize if we're going close to it or going away from it. And that's that's all baloney. That we don't actually even know what it is. And that's that's the state of it. Like... It's not so much a state of not knowing to achieve it or to even find it. It's it's naturally in that state has no knowing in which we often reference to in knowledge. That it has no ability to to think between objects or comprehend objects, even as Lesson 7 talks about a cup and the recognition of a cup that the only like even in that moment of recognizing a cup is is the need for an ego uh, in order to comprehend that it exists however if someone was perceiving this body of Christ uh, they might see someone grabbing up a cup they might see him using a cup and everything but but doesn't mean that that Christ even knows what it's doing. It doesn't mean that it even recognizes anything in the physical world that is actually seems to be occurring. That quite literally there is a different alternate experience to what is actually happening. And that it's beyond limits, or in other words, better comprehensible. Beyond limits is beyond definitions. That it's not beyond, that he's not picking up a cup, he could be picking up a sword. That he could be picking up anything. That he doesn't even have hands to pick up, or he has 20 hands to pick up. That the definition is the, the placement of what we want to perceive as in this dimensional experience. That we're choosing physicality right now to be this way and humanoid in this fashion, when there is an, such a variety of options, millions of universes to choose from, and, and we actually then think that this decision is required, that we need to live in this body in this way, instead of recognizing that we made this decision, and we can change it, we can choose again. Mm. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And 
for me, the part where you're saying that we don't have to meditate, we don't have to, really we don't have to do anything, is so true. It comes in handy when I recognize that I don't have to do anything, but just be and let it unfold or let the ego be undone for me. That's what, and I do need to spend time there, for myself anyways. It's just to spend time in making the determination, the, the willingness, the, uh, uh, yeah. the choice to not let the ego mind take hold of me and let my paranoia say, or my judgments or my protector selves run the, the, run the car off the road because it thinks it really is in a car and it thinks that there's some consequence. And when I've had dreams of just being flying for one, I didn't have any wings and I, I didn't fly so high that I was going to melt by the sun. Like I forget what that Greek God is that did that. And it was always close to home and it was in, within my own awareness. And then the other dreams where I had of being in a situation where I used to get upset when I was in my other, my waking dream state, I would be really upset. But then having the experience of not being able to get upset, it's just I couldn't be moved to be upset. And I often think of that dream when I'm going through something upsetting, seemingly to be upset, just to remember that I don't need to be upset and that this is all happening for my perfection. I don't resist. I, I find myself resisting like, oh, I want it that way. I've been listening to this man named Ted Ruskin, and he's a psychologist, I believe. He does the Forgiveness Project out of Stanford. And he was saying how we, we just need, I'm getting no when I wanted yes. And so say somebody, I wanted a certain thing. For instance, my daughter, she wants all these people to come together at this place for a wedding. And she wants it to be a certain way, but she's getting no from a lot of her or from certain people. And so she's disappointed, but it's just because she's getting no. And how we, how we accept no is important and has to do with judgment and how I can let go of wanting yes or wanting what I think. For instance, if I think I want to be some famous artist or that I'm, I'm not getting to my art, I've discovered that there's a group, a, 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 what do you call it, an anonymous group or uh, Artists Anonymous, it's called. <laughs> so I say, oh, and so then I judge myself as bad and then I have this feeling of being bad because I'm not doing what I love. I'm keeping myself away from my love. I'm putting obstacles in my path to love. And then 
instead of doing that, just look at that and, and work with the ideas that there are obstacles. And so I'm getting no, but I'm giving myself no. <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving it to myself. So I'm making a choice and just the undoing of the ego is that process. And I need to spend time and consideration and um, attention, give myself the attention and love and nurturance to undo that part of myself. And then I just love how it says in the Urantia how we really are loved and how oh, so much we're loved. In all of our foibles and all of our stuff, we're just loved. Because they know that they can see for us, they can see they can see me, meaning the my future selves or my past selves or the actual beingness of the truth of myself is already complete and whole. And so it's, it's just, it's always supporting me. And being in the unknown is sort of scary because it's only scary to who? To what? The ego self. So getting used to the idea of accepting no. I'm getting no. That's all it is. And it takes all the bang out of the the emotional drainage. The it lets the cut loose. Yeah, I think of how you were saying that the ego is a gift. In a way, when it's properly understood. And we attempt to try and understand what the resistance is. It's almost as if whatever's occurring in this moment. And so if I'm resisting something and it makes me angry, it is easy to understand it as simply not resisting uh, the situation in which you thought you wanted one thing and you got another. But also this state of anger that do we really need to resist anger and when I Mm -mm. when we grasp it like this when we want to go down this road it often the mind assumes that that means we're going to condone anger and just allow it to run and really get rampant Uh, but once it's accepted it is like a child being acknowledged uh, for what it wants to do and now that that resistance is taken in a different fashion, that in that moment, now it's more about the acceptance of whatever is occurring that I don't even know. I don't even know, nor have the capability of recognizing that this is anger instead of love. Like, without that judgment... 
and understanding of objects and of faces and the difference between yelling and whispering that I would not be able to recognize anything different than it being the all-encompassing love. That it would be just simply the same occurrence that is occurring all the time and the same happening that is simply just naturally going, naturally being. And it, it really is when all of a sudden, if I have this education as we we have come into this world in this fashion it is the same place that is all encompassing love it is that exact same place but now with the knowledge of having a right and a wrong and a good and an evil and it's it is all based off of this sensations that we feel of feeling happy, sad, uh, of feeling pain or pleasure. And, and we determine ourselves. We determine ourselves what the world is going to like, what the world will agree with or not agree with. That at one point in history, it was okay for the degrees of what we call anger as acceptable in society as how naturally people are. And it was actually acceptable until there was this idea that it wasn't working or wasn't now allowed. And now there's a, an idea of we have to stop it because it's not good and, and is leading to more sensations of pain and things we don't want. And instead of having no idea what we're doing and just experiencing love. It's, it's really tremendous in the difference between, you know, what Christ is and what its relationship with God is and the ego that sees 10,000 things upon 10,000. Mm. Anger is, well, I was reading from a course, I pulled out a little card, it said, anger is only my attempt to try and make another feel guilty. And man, isn't that the truth? And then when I look at it, okay, so I'm just trying to make somebody else feel guilty. So then take it back and express it. Let it run its course. It's just energy. And some things I can, uh, and after I've done that a few times, this is when I was talking about taking the time or the attention and giving my attention to that that idea of anger and letting it run its course or let it express in all of its manifestations. I could do this all in my mind, right? I don't have to, well, I could do it in my mind. I can do it. Sometimes anger is really effective at getting my house clean. You know, I can use that energy and direct it and just like really get some work done or chopping wood, say, <laughs> or uh, raking the leaves, and, you know, and just spend the time in that energy yeah. and let it express through me, and it's a release. And, that, and that's what my body is naturally looking for, is that release. Just let it run its course, and then I'll see, oh, the next time 
it occurs, I'll go, oh, it's very interesting what's happening, say, when you live with somebody, I think I'm empathic, and I'm living with a person who doesn't know that they, or is not aware, or thinks, actually thinks that they don't have emotions. And so then they are getting me to do their emotions for them. And this is very, it's uh, subtle energies. And so I'm looking at that going, wow, they're inciting, they're inciting anger within me so that I will express it for them. And it's impossible. It's just totally impossible. Hmm. And it's very interesting. So when I catch myself, and I go, oh, because I've been down that road before. They think that they don't have guilt. And so when I, this is what in a way of mastery it calls, when I call guilt or when I think I'm seeing guilt in someone else or I think I'm seeing guilt or anger in someone else, and I'm calling that energy to me. Because, right, everything is a projection outside. And so then I, I'm looking at it going, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm projecting anger. I'm projecting guilt. And so where is that thought within myself that needs to be healed? And then I'll feel, I'll feel the, I'll manifest or I'll create because we're mighty creators. I'll create that within myself. And that's a gift too. And it is a gift, although my protector self doesn't see it as a gift and will want to protect against it and but that's going to only make it keep it that's only going to make me keep it so i've been going through these processes of feeling angry or feeling guilty and thinking it's someone else's guilt but then realizing oh my gosh i've called that to myself and and then being grateful for that and then turning it around and letting myself experience the guilt or experience the anger and then working with that energy still further and recognizing where is it coming from. It's always, I'm the only one here, so it can only be yeah. coming from me. And then it, letting it work its way through me, it, even if it's in my mind and, you know, like just letting it, my mind have it. Louise Hayes was helpful for me in working with this idea, coming full circle around again. And that's why I, this morning I wanted to work on the letting go. Just let it go and, re and then recognize, I want to hold on to this house. I want to hold on to my marriage. I want to hold on to my bicycle and all these silly things mm. and I just have to let it go and that feeling that resistance within me to wanting to hold on to it and then still letting it go letting it go just letting go of all my ideas and so just being in that space I jumped ahead a few times but I think you get the point <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel called to start entering into uh, a space. Perhaps I'll start it off and you can pick it up and end us for the day. Father. Father, I believe I have a self. I believe I have a person that lives in a world with other people. I believe I experience emotions. I believe I experience thoughts. I believe I have more likable experiences and crave after them and resistible experiences that I try to avoid. (laughs) Father, I believe I am in a world and experiencing something apart from you that even as I speak to you I believe I needed a need for an opening a beginning as if we weren't in perfect communication from the very beginning for your assistance today, Father. To recognize the truth. You have my willingness. You have our willingness to move forward, to continue. Thank you, God. Thank you, Devin. Now, Barb, you're going to be able to hear us still, but nobody else will, okay? Okay. Okay. I am so very grateful for being here in this time, place, even though there is no time or place. Just... being with the source of all that is and so very grateful that there is the force of love that's within me and within you connecting with that source of love and energy and just feeling it 
being downloaded, being uploaded, being everywhere and nowhere. And that that energy that loves us is at our, our call. It's at our call. It's at our awareness. It's at, it is us. It's that Christ mind and just letting everything else go. I would say, I'd love to spend the next minute just being in that awareness and in that space of the Christ mind and really with our intentions, letting us be there in that Christ mind. This intention will carry us through the day the intention that we are loved, feel it from all sides. I have my feet firmly grounded on the, on the ground. My hands are open and receiving that energy of light and love. I'm just being receptive. Letting the self-doubt fade, drop away. There is only love. There is only light. And with the in-breath, I accept. And on the out-breath, I accept the love of God. On the in-breath, I accept and on the out-breath, the Christ mind. On the in-breath, I accept. On the out-breath, miracles. I accept miracles. On the in-breath, I accept. And on the out-breath, the love of God on the in-breath I accept on the out-breath the Christ mind the power to be on the in-breath I accept On the out-breath, God's love. On the in-breath, I accept. On the out-breath, the thought adjusters, the Holy Spirit, the right-mindedness, the indwelling love, the gifts, On the in-breath, I accept. On the out-breath, the power within each living thing. On the in-breath, I accept the knowing that all is 
for us and working with us. Just beholding the wonderment of the truth that's unfolding. Amen. Thank you. And thanks all for being here. And I'm letting go of the mic. Or I guess Devin lets go of the mic. <laughs> Devin. <laughs> okay, thanks, Devin. Did you get it? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. I had to change the diaper. Real quick. Thank you all. And thank you, boy. Have a beautiful day, everyone. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks.